0: Brian Hall here, Good Behavior Podcast, and on this episode, I'll be chatting with Boone Howard. You're going to want to listen to this one, because it's great. Boone released a fantastic debut album as Boone Howard last year. Before that, he fronted a band called the We Shared Milk for quite a few years. And before that, he was the touring sound engineer for Portugal The Man, a Grammy Award-winning band you probably know. He lives in Portland, Oregon, but he's from a small town in Alaska. And this is his song, Satan.
1: You're not going to leave a mark will find You'd be lucky to make it on the page
0: I'm going to talk over the rest and not really let you enjoy it, but we'll come back to it. Let's get Boone on the line. Hey, Luke. Hey, what's up, Boone? Not much, man. How are you?
1: Oh, pretty good. Yeah, how are you doing, man? Haven't talked to you... For a while, I guess. Yeah, it's been
0: a while. Boone is going to tell us about Alaska.
1: My hometown is Talkeetna, Alaska, which is, a when I was growing up, there was about like 800 full-time residents.
0: He's going to tell us about this pretty surreal sound guy gig he landed, despite being grossly underqualified at the time. I could have
1: just been like, hey, I want to try it, and I'm from the woods in Alaska like you guys, and they would have been like,
0: oh, sick. He's going to tell us about the We Shared Milk. They were
1: like, it'd be weirder if we added a
0: the to the beginning. We'll dig deep into his latest album, which he released as Boone Howard after breaking up the band and ending a romantic relationship, both of which make for pretty transparent subject matter on this album. Let's start where it all started, Alaska.
1: It is out in the middle of nowhere. It's like close to the uh, National Park, Denali State National Park or whatever it's called, in the middle of the state which has Denali, you know, like, North America's tallest mountain there. It must be beautiful. Oh, man, it's great. Um, It's beautiful year-round. The Summers are more fun, obviously, because it's not like, you know, zero degrees. Do
0: you get back there often? Oh, I
1: go back every once in a while. Um, The last time I was up there, my friends, uh, the keyboard player in my band, Ryan... He's in a band called Hustle and Own. They recorded up at my parents' property at at like a new studio space I'm trying out up there. He spent, I think it was like 10 days up there. And I just hosted. I didn't even do anything. It was awesome. Nice. I just just made them food, like moose meat
0: and stuff like that to eat. (laughs) I don't know why I laughed at that. I guess because in Philadelphia we don't have mooses? Meese?
1: Yeah, and Ryan had been up there before. He used to be in... Portugal the Man, who's from Alaska. That's just how
0: I met him through those guys. Right, I'm going to want to ask you about that too. So, I mean, I guess... Okay. (laughs) I think you can tell by the way Boone says okay and chuckles there that he has had to talk about Portugal the Man more than a few times. He didn't seem annoyed about talking about it, just like he knew it was inevitable. Now, Portugal the Man, if the name doesn't mean anything to you, your biggest slash recentest hit is this one, Feel It Still. no I did not bother trying to get permission to play that song for you it's the first time on my podcast I've played a clip from a band that wasn't the band I'm featuring I don't feel great about it but it was either play that clip or try to sing it myself and my throat isn't feeling 100% this morning if anyone from Portugal's camp is listening and cares I'll happily oblige and remove anyway this won't be about them it's about Boone and for the record he brought it up first not me as you heard So his keyboard player, Ryan Neighbors, who also has his own band, Hustle & Drone, that was up there recording at Boone's family place in Alaska, he was a former member of Portugal the Man. But Boone's connection to them actually begins with Boone running into them in Portland, learning they were in need of someone who could travel with them and run their live sound, and then doing it for years, which took them through Europe to big festivals, pretty cool stuff. But it's obviously interesting because they're a pretty famous band, especially now but Uh, yeah but i mean i remember seeing them at bonnaroo in like 2009 or something um so that was maybe one of the first shows i ever mixed with theirs wait really you missed that that show like thursday
1: night in a rainstorm at bonnaroo in one of those
0: outdoor tents yeah i mean it was that was my fifth show mixing them ever you're kidding no that's awesome man
1: (laughs) holy shit you were there for that yeah they'll have
0: like a whole like uh I, like, saved the video
1: stream of it, like, on my computer because it was so crazy. And I still, like, get you all, know, like, reminiscent and, like, watch that. It's, like, kind of a... Uh, that was, like, the first, like, big, like, holy shit, I'm, like, involved in, like, real stuff
0: kind of moments. What's interesting to me is that Boone is from Alaska and moved to Portland. Portugal the Man is also from Alaska and moved to Portland. So there's, like, this weird migratory pattern, apparently, where people from Alaska moved to Portland. They didn't know each other in Alaska. Boone says their crew is about five or six years older than his crew. But having that in common probably still helped him land the job. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm like learning about audio stuff, like totally green. I never did live sound or anything
1: before that. And then like, they just like kind of impulsively like hired me on the spot because, I don't know, I'm
0: from like a small town in Alaska. So they like, they're down to that. How long were you their, their touring sound engineer? Oh, just like, it was two years. So, from like 2009 to 2011. Touring year-round, almost?
1: Yeah, they've always just hit it really hard. was pretty much year-round, like, either touring or going to studios to record. And they would take me along to, like, film or whatever.
0: if he had any good stories from this era.
1: can you please try to make beauty out of all this chaos? <laughs> and I wasn't even bad, I was just like, fair enough, I am trying. But man, what a fucking poetic way to say it. <laughs> he was like distraught. He was like tearing his hair out. it's not so bad. So I was like,
0: great i, did, I don't know. did you tell the guys that or no oh yeah i mean i told them right after 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 the show <laughs> i'm sure that's what they wanted to hear like how do you sound well well it didn't sound very good you <laughs> hired a guy that didn't know what he was doing so <laughs> there you go <laughs> but you did that for two years oh i mean i caught
1: on pretty quick yeah. but sometimes like I mean, and I like stu- as soon as I got the job, I freaked out and studied it really hard and like tried to like get mm-hmm. on the ball.
0: Yeah. So that was almost a decade ago. But Boone stays in close touch. In fact, as recently as a year ago, he went on a run of shows opening for them.
1: Uh, we did like a three show thing. Um, yeah, the show in Vancouver in Canada was like the most fun I've ever had
0: playing a show for sure. What like what type of capacity was the were the venues you're playing? Oh, man, thousands, like two or 3,000, probably. Wow. That's, that. That's amazing. So you were playing in front of crowds of two or 3,000 people? Yeah. That must have been such a great experience. Oh, it was
1: uh, it was totally insane. And then it was with our buddies and, like, former tour mates and shit from back in the day, too. So it was just, like, a really good,
0: like, if that had been a month long, that would have been the best you know, month of our lives, but... That was really nice of them to invite you on. Oh yeah, it was cool. And they uh,
1: they do stuff like that consistently. They're uh, they always like uh, grab bands from Portland for like their shows in the area, like when they play in the Northwest.
0: That's great. So I don't want to skip over all the stuff we just skipped over chronologically. So let's jump back to 2011. Now he's back in Portland and he starts his own band, the We Shared Milk. <laughs>
1: Doing it for us, and we were trying to make like the most twee kind of ambiguous name for a band like that. And I don't know. We called it, we were like, We Shared Milk. I think we were drinking chocolate milk at the time, too, which is kind of weird. And then we are like, It'd be weirder if we added a the to the beginning. And, that was, and then,
0: we, I don't know. And then we just thought it was weird and funny, we just kept it. Check out this song, Voyager.
1: We used to practice all the time because we didn't have jobs and stuff. And then we just, like, we knew we kind of sucked, and then we just kept doing it until we were all right.
0: And they did make a name for themselves in the Portland scene.
1: Yeah, it was just completely completely natural, and then a couple years after we started in earnest, we were actually finally, like, some people's like favorite band to go see which always surprised me but we totally hit like a a plateau of, of like an unsigned band in portland like as popular as you can possibly get with like the a thousand or
0: less people that hang out at every show you know yeah, well, how do you get from point A to point B? Like, you went from, like, we started making demos and they weren't very good to, like, like what you just said. So, like, what was the arc there?
1: Oh, well, we were just, like, we were just involved with, like, community stuff, like weird festivals, like Eric's old house. Uh, it's called Powell's Clubhouse. And he would, uh, he would just throw, like, his household would just throw shows with like real sound or real enough that we could figure out. And they had a stage in their backyard and just free shows of like local bands and just making friends. Right. And uh, helping other people out. And then I was working sound in town, so everybody everybody that played in a band knew me, I'd
0: I'd done sound for them. I've seen bits and pieces of Boone performances, and he does have a very charismatic stage presence. But he recalls his shows during this time period as being hit or miss, and sometimes the misses were crowd favorites because drunk people fucking around can be entertaining.
1: Uh, that that was kind of disheartening with that band for me, honestly, and it it sadly has like carried over into the new band as well, which is like I'm trying to get rid of that fucking aspect of it.
0: One example, Boone told me about. We'd
1: be playing a house show and like our bass player breaks, which actually did happen to Travis one show. He broke like two
0: different or two different bass guitar strings. Like people kept loaning him basses. Man, and then, <laughs> bass strings don't break very easily or right. often. Yeah, and then he, we just, uh,
1: I don't know, we were just like jamming or something. While well, he tried to like figure out this weird janky bass somebody found, and then we just like ended the show, like barely even played one song. And then everybody after that show was like, "That was the coolest thing I've ever seen. You guys are awesome." <laughs> I was just like, God. Damn it, man, that's not what I'm going for.
0: So, that was the live show, but what about the recordings and songwriting? A lot
1: of the songs started as just recordings with like Eric and I, and just totally chopped up. Like, one of our songs, one of our best songs, uh, <laughs> or like most well known songs, was based on like a two second drum loop that I just repeated. And then Eric, the poor bastard, had to play this crazy drum loop. Every time we play that song live, it's, like, really exhausting. I woke up, I'm not choked up, can I make my mistakes up? I got too old in an instant, I pissed in the wind, I was lost in my win. So I walked to the water, drank the
0: river, bless the holy mother, tasted like water. This song is called Drag. And by the way, Eric Ambrosius was not only the drummer for the We Shared Milk, he's also the current drummer in Boone Howard, and actually Travis Leipzig. The bass player Boone mentioned earlier still is bass player. So those two carried over from old band to new. Also in the new lineup, we mentioned Ryan in the beginning from Hustle & Drone, who plays since. And then there's been a rotating cast of bandmates that's included Mike Finn and Leo London of The Domestics, Cody Berger of Talkative and Ah God, and Casey Birds from Minden. By the way, I knew that name Casey Bird sounded familiar to me. I featured one of his songs in my last episode about Golden Brown Records. Anyway, the new band was really about Boone wanting to go in a new direction more so than it is about who's playing what. The lineup actually kind of happened by accident. My friend Michael, who recorded
1: the whole album, or almost the whole album, he works at a place called Flora Recording in <laughs> Portland, which is a really nice studio, like My Morning Jacket and like The Decemberists, and tons of people go through there but he was an engineer there and we got like a pretty good rate just on like off days and so the whole idea was that he was gonna produce and record me playing everything except the drums cause you know I could like kinda get by on keys and guitar and bass and everything enough to like express myself Right. but then uh, people were like uh, friends of mine that play music, were curious about how it was going and they kept popping into the studio and ended up everybody ended up playing like a lot more. And so there were like five different dudes that came in and I <clears throat> when I was getting ready to play live shit, I just asked all of them, like who wants to be in the live band, at least for like this summer? And then everybody said yes, so we had like a
0: seven piece band. Saboon so had written these songs which he said are a bit more personal, less ambiguous lyrically. The recordings sound to me a little more polished than the We Shared Milk recordings, and Boone is really in the forefront with his distinct voice and his songwriting prowess prominently on display. The first song on the album is Satan.
1: And i used to
0: track is wouldn't believe it which boone says
1: so it's me coping with like a feeling like a total piece of shit with like a little bit of a sense of humor how many distant souls can you
0: And then Eat It Dog.
1: Uh Eat It Dog is like based on this like rant and I was being like a fucking like about as like ego maniacal as I could ever be. And I just thought it was so ridiculous when I thought back on it later that I wrote a song with like the same words in it. <laughs> I know I'll never change.
0: What about Other Side of Town? Oh, Other Side of Town is like a half-positive one, so that's good.
1: Um, So that was the last song I wrote on the album, and it was uh, after everything else, like breaking up the band and breaking up with uh, my girlfriend, and I, I moved like five miles across town into a brand new brand new like living situation and trying to have a brand new like outlook on everything and then uh yeah just uh but then the 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 sad moral to the song is that everything is exactly the same you know like i still feel the same even though i live on the other side of town who is that?
0: fifth track on the album is Half a Life. I went on
1: tour and got really sick and, like, scared and missed my girlfriend even though I knew we were going to break up, and that's what that song's about.
0: Move through a couple quickly. Track six is a song called "Break Up the Band," and I have a feeling I know what that's about. Oh yeah, that one's pretty on the nose. Oh, you break it up? Track seven is my hold.
1: Oh, my hold is like a, it's like a half love song. Uh, but shit was starting to go bad.
0: Track 8 is my favorite, so I'm not going to play it for you now. I'm going to save it for the end. You'll just have to stick around for a few minutes to hear it track nine is you can have her
1: oh uh, that's another like red right on the nose kind of name that was just like me being uh really angry about a, a new a new situation with the, the ex the ex-girlfriend yeah. and uh you know not in like a very pleasant way like kind of in an ugly way that I'm not proud of and it's it's painful to play that song still my band just likes playing it and they think it's a good song but I don't think they realize how shitty it is for me to like think about how much of a fucker I was being that day when I wrote it and yeah. so yeah not, not really hiding from that one it's uh it's kind of mean and kind of shitty of a song wow and and then I uh you know I kind of attempted to wrap it up at the end of it and uh acknowledge that it was not my not my place to say anybody could have anybody you know not not my favorite song yeah because you know the person that i was writing
0: about is i mean she's my friend
1: yeah. so to this day
0: you know it almost seems like you prioritized truth over your own feelings um at least with like the music part i wouldn't say always in my day-to-day life right um, Isn't that interesting? This song brings back unpleasant memories and exposes parts of himself that he doesn't like. But he still made it and put it out there. I think that's noteworthy, and kind of present all over this album. And finally, track 10, Staring at the Sun. We didn't get into too much depth on this one, but I dig it, so here's a clip. So we released this one on Good Behavior Records last year in 2017. You should get it. As far as what Boone's up to now, he's still running sound at a few venues.
1: Yeah, I just do sound at I, I do sound at four different venues in town now. What are they? Um, so it's uh the places where I like kind of run the show and it's the that I care the most about. <clears throat> They're like places that aren't even venues all the time. So it's uh, one of the places is Ron Tom's which is a, a bar that only has shows on Sunday nights um, and then Bunk Bar which gets a lot more touring bands that's another one that's like a sandwich restaurant basically but both the places you have to build the stage and set up all the sound gear for two hours before the show even starts so cool. yeah but those are the places that I care most about you know I have the most free rein. and I can kind of organize the venue myself right and then I work at, I just started working at the Doug for which is like a nice venue in town. I'm familiar
0: with that one, actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I like it and sound there. It's like so much easier compared to my, my other spots. And I was I was working at Mississippi Studios for like six years before all this, but I quit there. And I work at a, a place called The Liquor Store, which is another place
0: in Southeast Portland. He's still playing shows occasionally, in fact he had band practice right after we got off the phone. We
1: are playing like a cool festival out on the coast of Oregon in a few days so we have to practice for that and then I have some uh, new songs that I just have to teach the guys and that's I think that's what we're going to work on
0: tonight is one of the new songs. Writing new songs, always good to hear. He couldn't tell me much about his visit for the next album, partly because as he admits he's not much of a planner
1: like to a fault for sure I don't like plan out stuff that well and I always second guess any plans that I make so I end up just kind of going going
0: for whatever so we'll have to wait and see what happens I'm sure it'll be awesome I hope you enjoyed meeting Boone or getting to know him better perhaps I certainly did and now to leave you with a song called I Don't Even Know What It Is this is my personal favorite if you like what you've heard of Boone make sure to connect with him on social media send him a note Keep listening to his music, buy this album, tell your friends. It's been a pleasure making this. Thanks to Boone, and thanks to all of you for listening.